are you seeing any hint of spring yet? Uh, I want to know about the walleyes still, whether they're uh, working close and being uh, catchable. And uh, I'm hearing that the weather, you've got a weather front coming in this afternoon. It looks pretty serious. Yeah, uh, a lot of wind, Ken, and that's going to be the story for the next few days. Uh, storm coming in here, possible tornadoes today, this afternoon. We're seeing a few customers this morning, but they are going to going to get safe uh, this afternoon. School's letting out early. Uh, seems like a big event here. Well, it uh, should be taken seriously. Uh, tornadoes are no laughing matter. I was in an F5 one time in Oklahoma, and uh, I can tell you, they don't leave anything. In fact, my meteorologist friend says they destroy everything and they clean up behind themselves. They're that bad. And a few have hit Iowa, but generally, I would hope in the spring, you're going to have lesser numbers and weaker tornadoes if one pops up in your area. And let's talk about the walleye briefly before we go to a fishing report later on in the piece. Are they still active? Yeah, Ken, it's uh, it's prime. It's, it's peaking out here. As far as the pre-spawn bite, we're getting lots of big females caught. Um, we're starting to get the males in. Uh, a lot of eater fish now. And then uh, perch is the same way. Uh, they're starting to get a lot of numbers of, of perch. So the spring bite has been really good so far, and we'll talk more about that later. How about this Iowa Walleye Challenge, a fishing tournament for all of us, because it's going to be online that is being conducted by DNR. What do you think of that? Super excited to partner with them on this for pools 10 and 11, uh, something that I didn't know existed. Last year they attempted it kind of kind of to do a, a demonstration of it, and, and there wasn't many people uh, fishing it on, on the river of the upper Mississippi. So what we did, we're talking with Dan a little bit later about St. Croix rods. What we did, we're donating three St. Croix rods uh icons which is a walleye rod it's a walleye fishing rod they're 155 dollars uh we're going to donate three of them we're going to donate one for the most sauger the biggest sauger and the biggest walleye those three categories max in uh dubuque bait shack downtown dubuque there they're donating a cooler of some sort for the most walleye so we picked up the other three categories for uh pool 10 and 11 those are the prizes uh, if you do the math on that, you you got a pretty good chance of, of winning one of those rods, uh, and you're paying $25 entry fee. It's a catch photo release tournament. Um, it's sign up with the QR code. You can take a picture of that right at our store here. You get the My Catch mobile app. You take your picture of your walleye on a measuring board, and they'll do the rest, and they don't give away your secret spot. Um, so it should be, should be a pretty good event. Uh, it's it's May 1st to June 30th, so it's going to be when the fish are kind of post-spawn, uh, probably wing dams and flat areas, and, and you'll be able to still get them. So. I think their reasoning is that uh, the walleye are spread out at that time more, and uh, there's a, more of a sampling capability of being able to get the walleye to document what the fisheries people need I don't think this has a lot to do with regulation, Bob. It just has to do with fisheries wanting to be able to do more sampling than they can do themselves. Yeah, it has nothing to do with regulation or enforcement, uh, to my knowledge. Some people are probably wondering about that and documenting stuff on their phones and stuff. Basically, it is just, uh, it's hard to get when they do samplings in lakes and ponds. And I think, uh, 
Jeff talked about that, and I've personally done it when I, I was in conservation for a few years. When they do that electric shocking, um, it's hard to get walleyes. They're a little bit deeper. They're in different areas. Uh, so this is their way to sample um, to get the measurements. Uh, other than going to a bait store, they could sit here all day and we could say, wow, the numbers in the Dubuque or the Dubuque and Guttenberg pools are really, really well, but that's just hearsay and that's just a few pictures that we say. So this is perfect. Um, I really enjoy, I think they'll get the actual members, the measurements they need and then, and then members signing up for this $25 entry fee for the tournament. Well, you mentioned, uh, the St. Croix rods and, uh, demos with Dan, your Monday employee. Uh, I talked to him earlier this week, and Dan's got an overview of the store, including these St. Croix rods, that I think you'll find interesting. Dan, you kind of know that place coming and going. How many years have you been involved? Well, I think it's going on three years now that I've been here. Time flies, you know. Well, tell me about the store. Last time we talked, you seem to have a great working knowledge of the products you've got and how to use them. And uh, could you pick out a few for us today that might be suitable for people going into the spring and the summer that uh, you just let them know what they are and availability? I think today we'll talk about St. Croix fishing rods. Uh, we've got a large stock of those in place right now. Bob has bought a lot of them, and we've got a real good variety. Uh, there's also some new new models out this year that we can talk about. Uh, First of all, tell me why a St. Croix rod is a good rod to use. Well, the, the, upper, the upper end rods are made in the United States and Wisconsin. If you put one in a fisherman's hand and put a, a cheap rod in their hand, uh, especially if you're like jig fishing for walleyes or something where you want to feel that bite on it, uh, you can, you'll definitely notice the difference. And even, you even notice the difference from the lower end St. Croix up to the more expensive ones. There's, just more sensitive. A lot of times when a walleye picks up, all you just get is a, is a thump. That's what you want to be able to feel on the end of that rod. And same way with, uh, we've got panfish rods. It's the same way too. A lot of guys fish jigs and flip uh, small, you know, small jigs for copies and stuff. And you, you, you'll pick up that line. You'll feel that little, when they hit it, you'll, you'll feel that. So that, that's what really makes it a lot of difference on these rods. Um, they also come with a warranty, you know, so the, some of them have five-year warranties, the higher-end ones have 15-year warranty, and can't quite replace it. If you break it, if you step on it, accidentally break it, they'll replace it. They charge like a $50 shipping fee, but, you know, if you're talking, to, uh, we've got some, some rods as high as $600, the $50 replacement fee is nothing <laughs> to have it replaced for that, you know, because you've got all kinds of different uh Types of rods, you've got mediums, you've got medium lights, you've got extra fast tips, you've got fast tips, you know, uh, you've got ultra light tips. And it's all written on the rod, but that, that's how they control the, how the, how the, um, rod is, uh, works it by building it by hand and putting those pieces into the rod to make it, make it work that way. Uh, what do you have available? Well, on the St. Croix line, we have a new Avid line, which is, uh, we have an Avid Panfish an avid bass and an avid walleye. They come in different lengths, different rod styles as far as fast tip, ultra fast tip and all that. A nice rod for somebody that wants to start out with out spending a lot of money. You're talking around a $200, $220 price on those rods. 
and then we went with a new uh, there's a new legend avid legend tournament out there that is really a nice rod and that's a walleye rod and that's runs a price point of about two hundred seventy dollars. All right, so then we have a Legend X, which is a four hundred seventy dollar rod if you want to go a little more money, but you can definitely get and tell the quality when you start fishing with it. And then we have the good old reliable Icon, which is comes in uh, a whole bunch of different styles, and that's about one hundred fifty, which is a nice rod for somebody who wants this wants to start out and with a reasonable price rod with a good good sensitive rod though. So um, we have all those available in stock so uh, we can come in and, and show you kind of tell it you ask us what you're looking for we can kind of recommend what style of rod would work best for what you're going to use it for we've got a good selection of reels and spinning reels bait casting reels and all that so it's, it's there's a lot to choose from you can we can set you up with pretty much everything and we have a line winder we put line on the on the reel for you and, and do all that for you get you all set up Walk in and go fishing when you leave. We have a lot of St. Croix rods in. Uh, we had to purchase two more racks from them just to fill in some of their new stuff. If you're in the market for a St. Croix rod, we have it in. All right. Thanks, Dan. There's a new outdoor store in Monticello. I'm all for more of you guys covering areas. You know, you may overlap a little bit, but you seem to be more of a congenial uh, all-boats-rise sort of guy. So I understand you're even working with the store down in Monticello that's opening tomorrow, Saturday. Yeah, Saturday, April 1st. It's Terminal Lance Arms. It's it's kind of his his background is in guns. So he's got guns, ammo, uh, camping stuff, and, and a really good fishing section. Uh, I was just there last night stocking his bait for him. Going to do a little bit more stuff there tonight for him. Um, we have the wholesale business on our side, so we help guys out with that. Also, I have a little bit of a personal connection with Joe Tubbs and his wife are going to be running it right there on the main drag of Monticello, right at the main intersection of First Street and Cedar Street, which is Highway 38 there. Right there, right on the corner, a good location, and it's a good location for Jones County to have live bait again. Uh, I know a lot of folks from down in that area, and it's just tough. Uh, some come up all the way to us to get to get minnows or Manchester or Central City. Jones County doesn't have anything there, and with Central Park and the Wapsie and the Makokata being right there, it'll be a nice area to get stuff, to get what you need to go outside, and I think uh, to go outside and catch some fish. And I think uh, Joe is going to talk to us about that and what he has offer, to offer the community. Joe Tubbs is on the line. He is the proprietor. Joe, uh Kind of a nervous moment, I would think, but a good one. Kicking off a new outdoor store. Tell me about it. Yeah, definitely. Um, you know, over here in Jones County, I've kind of noticed, um, being an avid outdoorsman myself, that there wasn't really a place to go to get, you know, gear. So we wanted to be kind of that one-stop shop for everything, hunting, fishing, and camping. And we're working hard, diligently to get everything ready to go for this Saturday. What's the name of your store? It's Terminal Lance Arms, and where that comes from is I was in the Marine Corps for five years, and I got out as a Lance Corporal, so they kind of have a little bit of a side joke that when you get out as a Lance Corporal, you're considered a Terminal Lance, so that's where that came from. Uh, all right, that was hard for me to figure out. Terminal Lance Arms, is it on yep. the main drag there in Monticello? It is. It's right at the stoplight before you turn north to go on 38. Um, we're kind of kitty corner across from Monticello Sports and BWP. 
Tell me about uh, fishing. I think we're talking fishing more than anything else this year. We'll get back to you on your other stuff at a later time. What do you offer? Um, we've got a little bit of everything. We've got artificial baits, jig heads, uh, lures. Um, we've got live bait, which I think is going to be a huge thing for this area. Um, we're working with Bob Urbane to get all of our bait from him. So uh, we plan to have a little bit of everything here. So when somebody wants to go fish the Makoka, the Wapsie, or even head over to the Mississippi, they can stop here first, get what they need, and then head over. Joe, when you open up this store... Uh, you're probably going to get quite a few people that are uh, fishermen that will drop by. And uh, uh, Bob Urban, he works them pretty hard, you know. You ask him how the bite is, and uh, some of them will uh, pass on good information to him, and then it's your job to be able to uh, kind of pass that on to other people as well. So I hope you have a, a group of people that want to come in and uh, share a little bit with you while they're there. Yeah, definitely. And we're the type that want to, you know, communicate with our our base group of people that are coming in to buy things, you know, what is it that we can provide to you and you can provide to us for that kind of knowledge on what they're after or what they're seeking for fishing species, what they're seeing hits on what, so that we can kind of carry what they need and be able to provide other people with that same information. Now, Lake Delhi over by you, uh, is it underreported in your view on uh, what's going on there around the uh, seasons? Yeah, it really seems to be. It's one of those spots that, um, you know, whenever I try to search it, when I was going through fishing up there, I wasn't finding a whole lot of information on it. And, you know, the DNR reports are pretty sparse at best. So I think it would be good to have information on what's happening at the local lakes, whether that be Lake Delhi or Lake McBride, something around this general area, so that when people go to fish there, they kind of know what's going on, what's working, what's not working, so that they're not spending a bunch of time getting on that bite. Well, Joe Tubbs, we wish you and your family the best as you open up Terminal Lance Arms in Monticello starting on uh, Saturday morning. And what hours are you going to keep? What days are you going to be open? Yeah, so we're going to be open from Tuesday through Sunday from 9 a.m. to 8 p.m., and we may end up modifying those hours if we hear from people that they want to see their open earlier or later, kind of see how it works for other people so that we can best serve our community. All right. Well, thanks for talking to me, and good luck to you. Yeah, thank you, sir. Appreciate it. That's Joe Tubbs with Terminal Lance Arms, and now you know he was a Marine, and they called him Terminal as a Lance Corporal, and that apparently <laughs> endeared him to name his shop. Terminal Lance Arms. Hey, Bob, let's talk about one more of your, this was a, your supplier, and a super interesting guy, just uh, about as country and pleasant as you can get, Rick Drury, who makes some plastics that you've got stocked in the store. Yeah, the history of Rick and I go really far back. Uh, he'll tell you a little bit how he started how I started, and then we, we lost a couple, uh, well, lost a good friend that was in the tackle business, too, so him and I had to work together, and we just lost another friend um, in the business as well this last week. So Rick does a lot of stuff for us, our wholesale company, uh, but Rick also has these awesome plastics that he hand injects, and he's going to go and talk to that about that, and we sell a ton of them here um, in the Guttenberg area. They've gotten well-known on the fishing float or the fishing barge at Landing 615, and then uh, they're coming all over to get them. So 
Rick's an awesome guy. He helps us. He's the behind the scenes guy for us uh, with some of our painting, with some of our assembly for, for our other lures with stick on tackle company, our wholesale company. So talk with him. Great guy. And we'll have him on uh, a couple times as we go on. Joining me on the phone is uh, Rick Drury, who is the owner of uh, River Rat Bait. You're going to see some of his products in the store in Guttenberg at uh, Murray's Bait and Tackle under the big walleye. Rick, how are you doing? I'm good, thank you. How's fishing in your area, or are you out this early in the spring? Uh, I haven't been out yet, but I'm itching to get there. That's good. Tell me uh, about what kind of baits that you uh, make and when you got started. I actually got started about 10 years ago. We were doing the swap meet down in Des Moines, and I was thinking I needed something to add to my arsenal. I was thinking, and I had a bunch of plastics that I had bought from Bob that used to own Marine Life Bait. When he retired, I bought a bunch of stuff from him. So I was thinking, what can I do with all these plastics? Well, I took like 10 of them, put them in a pack. I had a bunch of packs, and I sold them for a dollar. And uh, I was like, wow, that's that's pretty good. Them sold pretty good. On Sunday at the Swami, this lady comes up, and she's like, well, my son makes something like these. I'm like, really? So I kind of talked to her a little bit, and she told me how he did it. And I was like, wow, that's just really interesting. So following Monday, thinking about this, and so thanks to our worldwide interweb, I started doing some searches and come across a company called Canny Creek Molds, which specialized in uh, aluminum molds and injectors, and they had the plastisol and everything you pretty much needed to get started. So I looked at their website and saw these what I call walleye teasers. So I ordered a couple molds and plastic, some dye and all that good stuff, and glitter, and started playing with it. I knew absolutely nothing about making plastic baits. Anything I learned came from forums or or uh, YouTube. So I made up a batch of silver ones and I had some orange ones, I think black maybe. So I'm sitting around there and I called a buddy of mine and said, let's go up to uh, the float there in Guttenberg. I want to play around with these baits and uh, see if there's anything going on with them here. So the following Saturday, we went up, and I had one rig that we rig him on a uh, jig head. So I get on the float, and I walk up, and I cast it out. And the very first cast, I caught about an 18-inch walleye. All right. So I was like, hmm, so we might be on to something here. And this is in the summertime, typically, when the walleyes aren't – well, I mean, they're always around the float, but, you know, in the spring and fall, they're really around there. Like, wow, there's supper. I put him on the stringer, and I had a few more casts. Well, I ended up catching three fish that day, that 18-incher. I got about a 20-incher and a 19-incher. I was like, all right. So that fall, we, we'd make a lot of trips up there. Yeah, that's when I really got started using them. I hadn't really sold them. So the following February, we went down to swap me, and I had actually have two different sizes of those. I have a three and a half inch one, and then I have a little two and a half inch one that I call the crappie teasers. So me and my buddy were the only ones on the float that had these baits, and we were doing quite well. 
we kind of got out. We went down to swap meet, and first day we weren't really selling a whole lot of them. And I got thinking, and I said, well, people don't know what these are. So that night we went to Walmart, and I bought me a fish aquarium and rigged one up on a low ice pole so we can demonstrate what it was. And people seen what they were, and they started buying them. And then it's just kind of evolved into what it's starting to become here. So, Well, that's a great story. That's a... Uh logic here all the way through but going back to what you said at the beginning are you still selling them for a dime uh no <laughs> <laughs> no we we sell them well like at the shows and stuff it depends you know the more you buy the more you save so yeah. yes bob bob sells quite a few of them and i also sell them down at laning 615 yeah. at, at jamie's slope there but yeah, he goes through quite a few of them. In using these, I'd love to know your methodology. You said they're on a jig head, different weights of jig heads. Yeah, whatever, you know, whatever you use, you know, depending where you're fishing. Of course, if you fish the wops, you'll go a little bit lighter. Mississippi, you go a little bit heavier. Eight ounce up to a half or three quarters ounce. When you get them out there, Rick, what's your technique to get them to... Uh, act such as the walleye want to bite them? Um, well, the way I fish them is I'll cast them out. I'll let them sink. Then I just kind of jig it back towards me. I'll just kind of like bounce it off the bottom towards me back to the boat or to the float or wherever I'm fishing. Um, there's guys that will just vertical jig them. I have one guy that buys them that he will... Put it on a jig head, drop it down to the bottom, and he'll. He said he cranks it up one crank, and then he puts it in his rod holder, and he'll let it sit there, and he catches them that way. Mm. It's got a real fine tail on it, so you don't really. I mean, the current alone will move that tail. Do um, you have uh, quite a few different colors, or what is the differentiation between your lures? I have. Uh, a lot of solid colors, and then two years ago, I started making a two-tone bait that has a, like the big seller is purple and neon green. It's a purple body with a neon green tail, and I have probably 10 or a dozen different colors of those, and probably 10 or 12 colors of the solid colors. Are you injection molding these? Uh, they're all hand-injected. Do you make up each color and then uh, inject that by hand into the mold? Yeah. For, let's say, the purple and green ones, I will make a batch of the neon green. I'll shoot those. And then I, it takes literally seconds for it to settle up. Then I'll open the mold, and I'll have to cut the tail, then close it, and then I'll shoot the purple to make the body. And then you have to hand hook them onto the jig, or do you sell them independent of the jig? Yeah, I sell them eight in a pack. They're sold without the jig head. Now, I always say people who are making the product are looking for the next product. Are you? I always am, and I do have some new things coming up here. I got a, another bait that's about three-and-a-half-inch bait. It's kind of the same shape, but the tail is actually like a twister tail type. I just got those molds. I played with them a little bit. And then I have a uh, 
new paddle tail that I'm going to start making, with which will be, I got a tail mold for those, and I got the body mold, so that'll make it nice because I can shoot the tails and then shoot the body. And Where are you located? Are you in Iowa? Yeah, I'm a, I live outside of Central City, Iowa. Well, that's the place we want to hear from, you know, people that are in Iowa making these baits and... Uh, yeah. Bob distributed them for you and uh, selling them directly uh, to his store and quite a few others. So we appreciate this, and uh, I hope you have a, a good profitability this year, Rick, on River Rat Baits, and uh, we'll keep track of you. All right. Thanks a lot. Rick Drury, River Rats Lures, and uh, you can find his whole selection there at uh, Under the Big Walleye at Murray Outdoor Bait and Tackle on the south end of Guttenberg. Now let's go to what everybody's been waiting for. Bob, uh, assuming the storm goes on by and the river isn't blown away, tell me what the fishing report is right now and appears to be going into the coming week. Fishing report, Ken, for Friday, March, is it the 31st? I think it is. The last day of March, April 1st, not an April Fool's joke. Uh, fishing is good. Walleye fishing is prime right now. We're getting a lot of big females. People are going to not believe me when I say over the weekend, uh, just from talking to guys, four or five each boat over 25-inch female walleyes. It's unbelievable bite on some of the big fish. Uh, maybe not as many eaters. But the guys going after the big trophy fish are doing really, really well. Um, sometimes in the evening. Sometimes it's an evening bite. Sometimes it's a morning bite. Uh, midday bite isn't the greatest for the bigger fish. They're throwing blade baits. They're throwing plastics. And these aren't, remember we talked about when the water was colder, around 34 degrees. They're just kind of grabbing on to the bait. These fish are smacking whatever you're using for baits and uh, doing really well. Um, weighed a 12-pound walleye, 28 and 3 quarter over the weekend, and it was a trophy fish. The gentleman uh, took it, and I do want to talk a little bit about um, the slot limit and, and these trophy fish. You're allowed one fish over 27. Some folks uh, got on us a little bit uh, that were posting uh, pictures of big fish or, or they should be released. Um, my stance on it from the store and, and from customers that come into our store is as long as we're doing legal stuff, and the fisheries biologist talked about it last last week, we're doing legal stuff. We're able to keep one trophy fish. I, I would say uh, if it's your opinion that that fish has to go back, um, that's an opinion that we should probably keep to ourselves. I totally agree. Um, but if you want one fish for the wall, that's not going to hurt our, our walleye population. And I remember Jeff talking about that. That's why they have that slot in place. Uh, those other fish can be kept. But um, just wanted to address that a little bit from the store's perspective is let's be respectful of people. Um, this was a great weekend, one of their first times up here, and they had a trophy fish and they want to keep it. That's their fish, their choice is what I'm going with, Ken. Bob, how is the river itself as far as water temperature and water depth? Yeah, water temperature... It has been bouncing again from 37 to 40. Uh, we're getting up to that 40. A guy did have 42 degrees. We're always looking for that 45-degree mark. Again, that's surface temperature, so we're kind of always confused on when they're dropping eggs and stuff. Once you start seeing some rougher fish come up, we're catching a lot of red horse, a lot of carp. But once you start seeing and getting into some sheephead, 
that's usually a sign that those eggs are being laid, walleyes are spawning. We haven't seen the sheep head in, up yet, but uh, I'm saying within the next 10 days, we're going to be hot and heavy into the spawn. So we're still pre-fish, pre-spawn, uh, bite with uh, some of the bigger walleyes, and this is your chance to get them, say, the next seven days. Perch bite's really good too, Ken. Red worms, crappie rigs, uh, whatever you need to do to get it to get it off the bottom. The water level, uh, I believe we're at nine, but we're going to be going to 12, Ken. We're going to be in that minor flood stage is what they're predicting. It has a lot to do with the snow melt from Minnesota. It has a lot to do with the rainfall that these storms are going to be coming. Once we get over 10 foot, uh, usually the gates open and then the fishing floats harder to fish off of, and sometimes they don't even run guys over there. What that does do, though, I'd never want to say it's it's bad fishing. It's just the current changes over there. What it does to the guys in the boats and the guys from the shore, it actually pushes those fish to the side. It congregates those fish, and high water is easier to catch fish. That's my personal opinion. It's just unfortunate we can't get out on landing 615 and, and fish anymore. But, but as far as the congregations of fish, the perch, the water coming up is always a better bite from shoreline. It seems like it's a little bit easier to get them on the seams. They have to be in certain areas. They can't spread out, if that makes sense. Bob Irvin, it absolutely does. So much good information here. And although it is early spring and it's uh, still cold in the river, uh, I think a lot of people have the itch to be able to get out as soon as they possibly can. So the uh, current walleye bite looks good. Others coming on uh, will deal with the river. Uh, it may be a, a clear water rise because this is snow melt. So uh, that could be a positive. Your store is uh, the center of attraction, I think, for a lot of people. Uh, if somebody wants to know about fishing, can they drop by and ask? You can drop by and ask anytime. We have some uh, very talented people work in the store. We also have the locals that uh, fish. Sometimes they fish, sometimes they don't. Sometimes they're hanging in here. Uh, they have a lot of good information. Ken, one other thing that we did get in and what we're doing is uh, – we do have our seasonal stuff coming in for the other side of the store. So maybe the wise section, I call it maybe, or the gardening section or the outdoor section. We did get our mulch in. We did get our garden seeds in. Uh, and we will get our seed potatoes, onion sets, all that stuff's coming in this week as well. And then flowers for the end of April for all the ladies and decorating and hanging pots and all that stuff is going to be the same as Beth had it. So I did want to mention that as well. Uh, that's in full effect. So Murray's post-bath is still going to be a great place. The lady handled that, that flowers, uh, shrubs, et cetera, so well. But, Bob, you're going to give it a run. You've got some new people coming in to help you. I'll bet we you do. it turns out okay. I, I do. It's it's going to be a challenge. It's a fun challenge. It's, uh, it's a little bit different for me and uh, as far as outside my safety box or what I feel comfortable with, but we're bringing some people in to uh, to help us with that, and already I can see it's going to be fine. Campers are coming. Everybody's coming in, and the season should be coming here. I think next week is 50s and 60s. That's almost camping weather, Ken. Yeah. Oh, there's a lot of campers already set out on the north side of Guttenberg, so the people just have to move into them. They're set to go, and then the fishing looks like it's going to pick up. The outdoor activities as well won't be too long until we have a downtown farmer's market in Guttenberg and several other areas. Let's talk one more thing, and that's your store hours. When are you open at Murray's Outdoor? Same thing, uh, Ken. It's going to be 6 to 5. 
uh, Monday through Saturday, and then 6 to 3 on Sunday. I will have the bait machine up and running for after hours, again, for our 24 hours bait uh, machine that's right in front of the store. So that's going to be up and running. We got all our bait and stuff in that. So, All right, Bob, thanks for talking to us from Murray Bait and Tackle on the south end of Guttenberg under the big walleye. Talk to you next week. Good luck and good fishing. Yep, thanks, Ken.